0: Welcome to another episode of RAN. We booked it. Today, we are talking about a rainbow of reeds. So Morgan and I have looked at our collection and have <laughs> built a rainbow of books <laughs> to discuss today. <laughs> uh, before we go
1: any further, though, if you want to see the pictures of the books so that you could see the rainbow, go check out the Instagram because that's where it will be.
0: Yes all right would you like to start us off or shall i you go first oh okay (laughs) go throw (laughs) me into it we're rusty we've had a break so this this will be interesting all right so my red book we're gonna we did red orange yellow green blue indigo because that's roy g biff that's the proper rainbow Yes. So I'm going to start us off with red. And naturally, I'm going with The Red Queen by, by Victoria Aviard. Now, if you look this book up, or if you own it, you might be like, Rose, that is not a red book. <laughs> well, the one I have is like the special edition one. Ah. Of course. So it's like, it's like blood red. So you cheated. <laughs> No, you just got the special anyway. one, that's all. You got the special one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My rainbow is yeah. unique. Um. So, I don't know, should I explain, like, the book? I feel like we've talked about it a little bit before. That's the one... Is that the one
1: with, like, blue blood or whatever?
0: Yeah, so some people have red blood, but other people have silver oh. blood. I was wrong. Yeah, so, like, the... You were close, you had the idea. So it's like the people with red blood are like normal, they're the commoners. And then the people who have silver blood have like superpowers, like some of them can like work with water or fire or electricity. And this, the main character, her name's Mare Barrow. She's of course 17. Um, born with red blood Um, in a twist of events finds out that she has powers like people who have silver blood but she has red blood so this like like the people who are in power the people with silver blood like take her in and try to figure out why she is the way that she is but at the same time, also like train her, help her hone her powers, um, and all that, all that fun stuff. And then, of course, there's a coup. Woo! We gotta love a coup. <laughs> I feel like I never yeah, hear the word, but it's such
1: a good word.
0: It really is. So um, the Red Guard, which is a resistance group, tries to bring down like the Silver regime. So, um, and of course, it's kind of a love triangle a little bit. We got, like, two princes. They're, like, brothers. And she's like, who do I, I go I honestly with? hate
1: when it's brothers that's part of the love triangle. <laughs> it's like, this just feels like the family reunion is going to get really awkward. I know.
0: <laughs> um, but it turns out that, I feel like, I feel like I've told you this before, but at the end of the book, We find out one of the brothers is evil, and he's been setting up this plot to, like, um, force the other brother to kill their father so that he can come into power and make it look like uh, the other brother has done all this terrible stuff. And so him and Mare have to run away with the Red Guard, and that's how the first book ends.
1: I do remember that then. I just thought it was- I confused it with Shatter Me.
0: Yeah, see they're- they're nay identical. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad there's a reason I had to mix up then. (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, They're both dystopian young adult romance fiction novels. (laughs) So, uh, it's fair. Yeah. But yeah, that's My Red Book.
1: My Red Book? is Shatter the Suns by Caitlin Sangster. Um and this was a book goal to finally like actually read this series properly. And I did it. Um but this is the second book in a series. So I'm not gonna explain exactly what happens in this happens in this book, but I'll explain like the concept of the first book. Which is Oh, now I have to think about it. So um What's the main character's name?
0: Oh, I hate when that happens. I read the book! You got too many characters in
1: Sev! That That's her name. So, Sev is the daughter of a woman who is believed to be a traitor, and so she was a first, which is like the highest um, in the society, and now she's a fourth, which is basically nearly the lowest in society. And like, she's just living her life Mm. thinking that she is the daughter of a traitor, and less than others, and you know, because everyone's told her that. Um, She's watched her family die, she's not had a great life. Uh, But she's alive, and she's content with that, and then uh, through a series of events she has to flee the city, um, because they're now coming after her so they can kill her, and claim that she is a traitor as well. So she flees with howl and they go to the mountain and at the mountain that's where like, you know, you think the quote-unquote good guys are. So uh, and they're like supposed to be looking for a cure and stuff like that and they're gonna- they want to stop the city and its inequality. Um, But in order to do that, everyone who's at the mountain really hates everyone in the city, so they're gonna send like the mountains version of like the military into the city. But all those people hate the people of the city, so Sev is like, so you're just going to send them in to massacre a bunch of people? No thank you. <laughs> so then she goes and tries to at least save some people uh, because there are people she she still cares about in the city. Um, and that's basically the, the f- plot of the first book, which leads into the mm-hmm. next book and stuff like that, which is finding the cure yeah. to this uh, disease that... That's how they, everyone's come to power because there's a disease, and they're holding it over people, so that way they can hold the power. And that's it.
0: Yes. That's interesting. Have you talked about that one before? I think
1: so because it was a book goal book, or at least to like re okay. to read the trilogy properly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the first time I read that book, I got. Four chapters in. The second time, I finished it, so I did good.
0: (laughs) You got it down this time. Alright, we're moving on. Mm -hmm. Alright. My orange book is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Uh, love this book. Love Emily Henry. Love her. Um, so... This is basically a book about two writers (laughs) who happen to meet in a small town. Um, Are they both writing small town romances? No.
1: I. You're in a small town. You're writing a small town romance and then you get your small town romance? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Wouldn't that be? That would just be funny. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm buffering <laughs> here. All right. So she has visions of a small town transformation. So her sister, her sister Libby is envisioning this like, you know, trying to get her to come to this small town called Sunshine Falls. Sunshine <laughs> <laughs> and so her name is Nora, but then um She bumps into Charlie Lastra, who's a bookish, brooding editor from the city.
1: It's a small town romance. It's a Hallmark movie.
0: Yes, it is. It would be a meet-cute, if not for the fact that they've met many times, and it's never been cute. But then, like, the small town, like, it forces them to get to know one another And they end up falling in love and staying in the small town. And if I remember correctly, they, like, own a bookstore or something (gasps) together. Okay, that's the dream. dream. That's the dream. But yeah. Plus, Plus, like, it's literally a writer writing about... Two writers who fall in love. (laughs) What's not to love? (laughs) Ugh, so good. I don't really know what else to say about that one.
1: Well, we know you always sing Emily Henry's praises anyway. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I know, my orange book, if you've seen the cover, uh, then you know instantly the cover is green not orange but if you take off the book sleeve, the book is bright orange oh, and that is a, okay. uh, that is snake falls to the a snake falls to the earth by Darcy Little Badger um, and it's a really simplistic like green cover with one of the main character I believe her name's Nina on it um, but if you take the book sleeve off it is. Bright orange. Uh, but- Bright orange. A very orange. But that book is about- basically you have Nina, um, and Cottonmouth. And it flips back and forth. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a slow start. They don't meet each other until near the very end of the book. But um, it's based off of like the Native American uh, folklore, where like there's like a spirit world. I'm sure that's not the correct term, but I can't remember it at the moment. Um, and then like the human world, and they used to be like they used to coincide together, and now they do not. They're separate. So Cottonmouth is from like mm-hmm. that spirit world. He is a cottonmouth snake, literally. And Nina is oh. from the human world. Oh, okay. um, and her family owns a bookshop. And she does, like, she, like, does, oh, how do I explain it? Like, she, like, will write her own stories and then narrate them and put it on, like, this uh, video um, platform. Kind of like YouTube, but not YouTube. It's actually called something there. Um, mm. And I, a lot of times... I think her stories are based off of like her heritage because she's like leap and apache which is what the author is as well i believe and it's kind of just like them going about their lives through the years and then there's a an event where one of cottonmouth's friends who is a toad is dying because um the health of The spirits that live in the spirit world depends on their real-world counterparts. And there was a storm that destroyed that particular species of frog population, which translated to the frog in the spirit world, who was their friend, getting sick. So then Cottonmouth and a bunch of other people come to the human world and are working to save him. And Nina is wrapped up in that as well, because her family works with people from the spirit world. But they just, it's kind of like when you're doing something, like, shady, but this is not shady. So you're like, you're like, you know, you look shady, but, like, here's your books. I'm not going to question you. You, good business. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, you help the shady people, the shady people help you. You don't ask questions. <laughs> it's that. <laughs>
0: I like that. So that's my orange book. Your orange book. That reminds me, I read a last (gasps) night. I finished it last night. What did you think? I really liked it. It It was was so good. good. But that's another book by Darcy Little Badger. For Mm -hmm. context. All right, my yellow book i chose the chicken sisters i can remember (laughs) the cover it's so cute it's literally the cover is two hands breaking a
1: wishbone and a yellow (laughs) a bright yellow background
0: yes and so my boyfriend david bought this for me on a whim and i was like i don't know what kind of reader you think i am but i'll try (laughs) Um, But, it's about these, like, these two fried chicken restaurants who, like, it was originally one restaurant, but then the family, like, had a falling out, and so one sister made Mimi's chicken, and the other sister made Franny's chicken, and one of, like, One of them their thing is like they only make fried chicken and biscuits and they have perfected what they know and then the other restaurant is they they have everything under the sun you know mozzarella sticks and salads and all this but the best thing on the menu is the fried chicken you go there for the fried chicken um And it's also about these two sisters, who they grew up together in Mimi's restaurant, and then Amanda married into the family (laughs) who owned Franny's restaurant. And because of that, her mom said, you're no longer allowed back at Mimi's. So there's a little bit of like family history there. Um, Both of these restaurants, unfortunately, Uh, Are dying and they need money because they're like small town Kansas, like, there's no one in Kansas, not (laughs) right. (laughs) And the people that are there, like, they go there, they get you know pretty good business from the people who are there, but they want to bring in more in order to survive. So, Amanda. Signs up for this reality t v show called Food Wars, where it's like a competition um uh they' they'll like have a judging of like whose chicken is better and who can serve more, and the winner gets a hundred thousand dollars so <laughs> the story is about who's winning um and these two sisters who grew apart because of these chicken restaurants, basically. And it's also about, like, Amanda finding herself and realizing that she doesn't even really like working at the restaurant. She just did it because that's what her family did, that's what her husband did, and then her husband passed away. And it was the only thing she knew. And it was the only way that she could keep her husband's memory alive. And part of the- part of this- I don't know if I ever told you this, Morgan, but her little thing is like, she would draw chickens. (laughs) She would draw these, like, scrawny, weird-looking chickens. And decided at the end of the book that she was going to pursue art school and eventually, like, have a comic book of chickens. (laughs) you know what? She
1: found her thing.
0: <laughs> she found her thing. Which is, I think, what makes me love this book the most is the fact that it's just, it's so, it's called a chicklet. <laughs> I can A chicklet? And it really is. It Yeah, that's like a genre. That is? Mm-hmm. So it's a, to describe, like, popular fiction targeted at younger women but it's also literally literally a chick lit because it's about chicken
1: (laughs) the author leaned hard down (laughs) into the chicken yeah yeah Uh,
0: so props to david for getting this for me because i didn't anticipate how much i would love it Well, knowing, knowing the right. bright
1: yellow that that book is, I feel like my yellow book- my yellow book is, like, a soft yellow. So I think it'd be a nice contrast, and I chose The Missing of Claire de by Christelle Davos. Um, I would tell you about the book, but I need to reread that series if I actually want to understand what's happening now, because it's been too long, and it is complex. But the premise of the first book is, there is Ophelia. Ophelia just wants to stay in her museum and be a hermit there and live amongst history for the rest of her life. She also, um, there's like, this is a world where like Earth was together, but then something happened. Earth exploded into fragments within space called ARCs. Um, and everyone lives there, and there's a family spirit, and they're all siblings somehow. Um, and they all have, like, magic powers as well, which means all of their descendants have, like, different portions of it, too. Anyway. Ophelia can touch an object and look into its past. She can also travel through mirrors. Um, but in the first book, Ophelia... Just wants to live there, but then she gets married off to a person on another arc, named Thorn. And Thorn's first impression with Ophelia goes very poorly because Ophelia is like, um, This is like just a marriage in name. Like, I don't know you. We're not doing anything. And he goes, I don't think you'll mm. be alive before- like, I don't think you'll make it to the wedding.
0: Oh. Things are very cutthroat
1: oh. on this other arc, so not a good first impression. And so the first book is, um, kind of that, and it's her hiding, because they want it. He wants her to get to the wedding for reasons that I don't want to expose. Um, mm-hmm. So he has her hide as a servant in his aunt's like house. So that's the first book, essentially, is Ophelia being a servant in that house and getting up to all the trouble, of course, because it's Ophelia, she is a klutz. And from there, each book is a little different, and all I can remember from the missing of Claire de Lune is people were getting kidnapped and going missing at Claire de Lune so yeah and that's my yellow book it's a nice soft yellow I think it's beautiful
0: oh yes Soften. absolutely my book is a nice soft green oh. yes and it's kind of a funny story by Ned Vizzini. I just think of the princess bride
1: yes <laughs> <Vizzini>. inconceivable <laughs>
0: love that movie alright so this one it's sad and yet funny so it's about this teenager Craig who he really really just wants to succeed in life who doesn't and he wants to get into the right school, and he wants to get into the right job. But... when these things start to happen for him, he finds out, oh wow, there's a lot of pressure that comes with success. And it really has an impact on his mental health. So... Uh, trigger warning here. Um, he has a suicidal episode And before he kills him, decides, that I wouldn't even say decides. He considers it, but then checks himself into a mental hospital and creates this community with other people. So there's a girl who has self-harmed and this guy who has decided, like, he's the president of the mental hospital. Um, and it's, they find a way to support each other and accept each other, um, while they navigate their own mental health and mental illnesses. And what I really like about this book is that the author himself also spent time in a psychiatric hospital, and it inspired this book, which he wrote in like, I think a matter of days. <laughs> so, I think it's really touching, and I I like that Craig finds a way to, like, heal from this, and you know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the
1: growth. This is a book about the character growth.
0: Yes. Yes, there's some character growth and like the cover has green, but then there's an outline of a head and then in this like head and shoulders, there's like blocks to look like city blocks. So this is like set in uh, New York. So it's like like what New York would look like from like an aerial view divided by the streets and all of that. And by the end of the book, he finds that making these maps, making this artwork, is really comforting for him. And I think that's such a good touch of having that on the cover and then having that be one of the ways that he, like, calms himself down and finds, like, begins to heal. So, yeah. I would also recommend the movie. It's really
1: funny, I'm. I when you when you describe the book, like as you're describing it, I'm like it's kind of a funny story. I know. Eh, not sure how that lines up, but I then know. you also describing the movie as funny. I'm like, it's yeah,
0: it's it's <laughs> it's some juxtaposition for sure. Is, is it kind of a funny story? It is kind of a funny story. Um, I think Zach Galifianakis, or whatever his name is, is in that movie. (laughs) I'm trying
1: to find... Are you looking up the cast?
0: The cast. Yep, it is Zach Galifianakis. Uh, And then Emma Roberts is in it. That's some
1: fairly big names then, I guess.
0: I don't know who's famous, though, so... Lauren Graham. She's uh Gilmore. like so I
1: out. can tell you authors.
0: I <laughs> no, book authors. No, that's... they're totally fair. Totally fine. But yeah, that's that's my green book.
1: My green book is Sight Witch by Susan Dennard. Um and this is an interesting book. I call it the third book in the series. Mm-hmm. But it's not really it's it's a it's a prequel sequel out of time but in time book I don't know how to explain it there's a lot going on so it's it's the third book or it's it came out after the second book and what it did was it filled in a lot of clues because there were it like it just helped flesh out the world and certain characters more and gave some backstory Onto what has now become a huge part of the plot overall with you know the fourth or I would call it the fifth book um, So it follows two stories It follows the story of Ryber and then the story of another Sightwitch sister from years and years ago so I forget that Sightwitch sister's name, but she was really famous so, she had a journal or a diary or whatever, I think all the Witch sisters do. Um, and basically it flips back and forth between Riber's point of view and then Iridissi, Iridissi's journal and, or diary or whatever. Um, so you get Riber's, uh point of view, which is all of the Witch sisters are being called into the mountain to sleep and she is not so like it gets to a point where like everyone's gone and she's alone and she doesn't know what to do oh. and then due to reason she does eventually go into the mountain and traverse through it and all that stuff but in between seeing ryber's point of view you also see iridesi's point of view which is back like right before this great big war that happened and she's this great inventor and she's working on inventing something um And it flips back and forth between that, and everything kind of collides together. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like, Iridesi has a workshop that's within the mountain, and at some point, Rybert goes through, like, and finds the workshop and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I really, really like that book. It's got, like, all sorts of just fun little stuff in it. It's got illustrations. It has sections of the book that... Like, there's writing, but like, around that writing, it's like, it makes it look like it's a piece of ripped paper. Like, that someone like, wrote something down and then ripped it oh. off. So like, I like all the little touches like that that are in that book.
0: That's really cool. I like when they add little things like that to a book. Alright. My blue book. I picked, of course. Of of course, (laughs) did you say the love of your life by Marissa Meyer? Yes, I did.
1: (laughs) It's accurate, though. Uh,
0: Um. Yeah. So this is her first, like, strictly romance. Not, not really like science fiction book. Um, but there is some magic to it so this book follows prudence who really just likes to succeed in life Um, and she's very quick to judge others who appear to be lazy or rude um, or even just arrogant who who isn't though so Let's see. I'm trying to think. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So, she gets she gets this power, to, like, snap her fingers and give someone a moment of instant karma, but it only happens once. So like. If she sees someone doing something they shouldn't be doing, she can only use it with that specific person one time. Um, so for example, she has to like redo this school project um, with a boy, <laughs> Quint, and he's late to the meeting. And she thinks it's because he doesn't respect her time and doesn't know how to get places on time. So she, like, snaps her fingers and tries to give him some karma, and he finds a $20 bill on the ground. So she's like, what the heck? But she finds out that he volunteers, but also his mom works for this uh, rescue center that, like, uh, takes care of like baby otters and like sea animals because they like live off the coast and he was late because they needed someone to come in and like take care of something so for him he was doing a good thing but to her it looked like he was being disrespectful which is a very nice touch um and eventually she so she doesn't like him (laughs) Um, but eventually they work things out and they find out that, um, one of the workers has been, um, like, stealing their money at the rescue center. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, um, they, like, save this rescue center and fall in love and she... Uses her power of instant karma on on these people, and then ends up losing it.
1: Oh, it's one of those endings.
0: <laughs> yeah, but maybe the instant karma was the friend she made along the way, I don't know. <laughs> but it's a really good book. Nice.
1: I can picture the blue on that cover, and it's definitely different from the book I'm thinking of, which is a much deeper, more somber mm-hmm. blue and its song yes <laughs> it's songs of the deep by <laughs> kelly powell um and this book can't remember the main character's name but i'm pretty sure her best friend's name is jude if i recall correctly but anyway she lives on this small little island um or mm-hmm. a small town everyone knows everyone it's a tourist place tourists come because there are sirens and the people at the mm-hmm. Island have always gone back and forth with like sirens are okay and maybe we should kill all of the sirens. So, <laughs> okay, at this moment in time, the townspeople uh, want to get rid of the sirens, they do not want the sirens there. Mm-hmm. But um, the main character's father, uh, like, worked to-, to protect the sirens, so she's like, I must save the sirens for my father who has passed. Um, and she does it- oh, and they want to kill the sirens because someone turned up dead. And everyone assumed it was sirens. But it turns mm-hmm. it-, it turns out they were-, they were murdered. So it's it's a bit of a murder mystery where her and her best friend uh, go oh, okay. through and try and solve this murder without also themselves getting killed. Her best friend is accidentally hiding a siren in the lighthouse because he takes care of the lighthouse. <laughs> um and of course they must fall in love along the way yes of course they're cute little best friends to lovers
0: oh i think those are yeah. wholesome
1: it's so cute but yeah that's basically a song from the
0: deep okay um that that's a nice segue into my Ooh. indigo book which is Show Me a Sign by Anne-Claire Lezotte. And so this book um, is actually written by a deaf author and it takes place in the deaf community that is Martha's Vineyard which I feel like has that same small town feel that you were just talking about and like tourists will come there um, and all that fun stuff. But this is set, like, in the early 19th century, so the individuals of Martha's Vineyard really have this wonderful community, and um, a lot of people there, this is true to real life and this book, uh, a lot of people there are deaf. And the other settlers who are hearing have, they've all learned sign language to incorporate Right? This, this is, is the most accommodating place on earth! <laughs> yes, so everyone's learned sign language and this um, so this book follows Mary Lambert who just lives her cute little life um, on Martha's Vineyard and just it's just so lovely until she gets kidnapped <laughs> she has a great life and then this guy who's like he he's like a scientist thinks that he can you know save and fix all the deaf people Um, and also and in that point of history they thought that when you were deaf it also meant you were dumb which is not true not true anyways um, so he he think he's all high and mighty You know, the audacity of a white man thinking that he can save people. So he just... He asks her parents, Oh, can I, you know, take her with And they said yes? Like...
1: Oh, no! They did
0: not! So he decides to kidnap her! (laughs) This poor girl. So she has to navigate this world that... So, he takes her back to, like, mainland America or, like, England or something, and she realizes no one uses sign language. everyone. Right. So, she has to navigate that and is treated like a servant, and she eventually finds her way back home, Um, but... It really just shines a light on, like, the history of Deaf culture and some of the experiences that Deaf individuals have had. And it's honestly a really good book. And uh, yeah, that's my Indigo. I'm like shocked. I did not expect that turn. I know. Just, like, casually kidnaps this child. Casually kidnaps a
1: deaf child. (laughs) My goodness.
0: Right. Because you're so... Like, you think you can fix her and fix people like her. And it's like, she loves who she is. There's nothing wrong with being deaf. So... Right.
1: Well, I guess the segue is my indigo book is also about a child. Um... It's a a middle grade, or, like, it's basically a middle grade book that I read long, long, long time ago. Um, But it's Grave Images by Jenny Goebel. And what I can tell you about this book is the main character uh, lives in this house, and there's, like, a little other house on their property or whatever. Um, And they rent it out to this man who comes in. And, you know, everything's chill. Um, A few people die or whatever. I think her family's in the funeral business. Or whatever.
0: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) But no, I get it. I get it. Like, they
1: they weren't murdered, you know? Just, like, natural death, okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go on.
1: So, um, one day, though, the main character, like, catches a glimpse of inside the dude's house and sees that he's already carving a, like, a a stone, like, a tombstone for someone who's not dead yet. Mm -hmm. And you're like, "Mm, that's weird. And then they end up dying shortly after. So, Yeah. There's a whole thing where she and this little kid that she- Who's like the same age, this boy from the town or whatever. um, They don't like each other at first. Keep in mind, they're like 12, okay? Don't get your hopes up (laughs) about any romance like that, that is. And so they work together and they solve it and he he gets put in jail. And I'm pretty sure it was like magic that was like killing them like he'd make the tombstone and then they die like he didn't murder them like they just died uh, mm-hmm. which doesn't make it any better but he gets put in jail and then you know everything's fine and that's grave images one day I'll probably reread it it's really short I bet I could read it quickly
0: yeah but yeah that was my <clears throat>
1: indigo book indigo indigo
0: our last ones here violet i picked kiss her is this a christmas book Uh, okay good i just
1: like if you're gonna give it that title it has to be a christmas book
0: yeah but it's purple violet you know it's cute um i actually read it when did i read it recently like, not, like, not Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, February. February. <laughs> February. You know, um, Libby, it's it set up like an actual library, so sometimes things take time yeah. to come to me and become available. But, so, this is like, it's an LGBTQ plus meet cute type deal. So Ellie Oliver meets this woman at a bookstore. They fall in love over the course Yes. Yeah. Naturally. See bookstores are where all That's where my siblings
1: siblings think I will one day find a boyfriend. I'm not sold on that happening, (laughs) but they have hope.
0: Hey, that would be kinda nice though. If that's what you want for yourself.
1: I don't make eye contact with people um, when I'm at the bookstore, Rose. <laughs> you think I'm
0: gonna... find a boyfriend? <laughs> that's true. Uh, you're very focused. It, you know, the bookstore is your sacred place, so. I get it. So, yeah. These two women fall in love over the course of a sing- single oh, that's night. A fast. Um... I know. However, um, in the morning, this girl comes knocking on the door and is like, Hey, is my oh, partner?" Oh no. Here? And so Ellie is like, Oh God, I didn't realize you were in a relationship, leaves, soon after loses her <gasps> job and just doesn't know what she's doing with her life. So everything's downhill from there. Almost a year later, she's working at a coffee shop just trying to get through. When this, is, when the landlord of the coffee shop, his name is Andrew, is like, Hey, what if we get married so I can get my inheritance from my grandfather dying? <laughs> this would alleviate your financial stress and keep you from be- feeling isolated and also. I would get some money out of it. Because Grandpa said, if I don't get married, I can't have my Grandpa Grandpa's heritage. rude. <laughs> <sighs> so, she's like, sure, why not? Um, they make a plan to spend the holidays together at his family cabin. Um, finds out that the girl that she slept with Almost a year ago on Christmas is his <gasps> sister Yeah. Um so needless to say they end up like actually falling in love. Imagine and... the
1: family reunion of that one. Right. I married your right. I married your uncle but first. Just... <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Well, they don't actually get married, so they just put it off like they're engaged. So, thankfully, she doesn't actually get married to this guy. But does he get his money? Um, I think he ends up getting with someone else and finding someone. So, like, it works out for everyone. But, um, yeah, it's... It's a... It's... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <It's a hoot. laughs> I don't really know what else to say, but um, it's really just the part of oh, this this Jack you've been talking about is actually your sister. Oops. Uh, yeah. So um, and then Jack reveals like oh, like that girl who came knocking on my door like we did have a relationship previously, but we had both agreed to. Like, stop dating. So, that other girl didn't get the. didn't understand what. <laughs> the memo there. So, she was. like, Ellie wasn't. like, yeah. the other person, you know, and Jack. Jack wasn't being mm-hmm. unfaithful in her relationship. So. Uh, yeah, and then everything. everything works out. Well, that's nice. Very. Very cute, yeah.
1: So, my Violet book, I won't go too much into. Because I've, I've much like you've talked about with mm-hmm. Marissa Meyer, I've talked about Shannon Messenger a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she just keeps popping mm-hmm. up. Like, for example, the Violet book, which is Keeper of the Lost Cities Stellar Loon, which is the ninth book in the series.
0: Oh, goodness. Yeah,
1: uh brief overview sophie is a normal 12 year old human girl until you turns out she is not a normal 12 year old human girl she is a uh, elf and she was part she was living in the forbidden cities um, which is the human world but she's an elf and then she's whisked away to the lost cities uh, and then mm. there's this Secret rebel group called the Black Swan that created her, so, and ha- hid secrets. Can you hear the car? <laughs> okay, never mind. What? <laughs> um. Train of thought. Oh yeah, they hid secrets in her mind. So. And then there's this other rebel grou- group called the Neverseen, and they're trying to overthrow, uh. They're just trying to throw the world into chaos and eradicate humans. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sophie's trying to stop that. Naturally. And that's a basic overview of the entirety of that series.
0: Yeah. All right. But that's... I'm on Goodreads looking at the 10th book, and it's like, expected publication 2023, expected publication 2024. So no one really knows what's going on there. Wait, what do you mean? Oh yeah, no. But it's
1: coming. Maybe even more than ten. Eventually. Honestly. Although apparently Stellar Loon Stellar Loon is going to feel like a part Mm -hmm. like a part one to the next book because it ended on like a straight up cliffhanger.
0: Oh.
1: So. Oh yeah. You've read
0: it, right? Wait,
1: okay. I read it shortly after I got it. But yeah. So I have a question though. <laughs> so when it comes to yeah. your books, and their rainbowness, do they some have sleeves mm-hmm. on and some not, or
0: um for for mine they that's sleeves on for the hardback and then just the book themselves. Cause like like. The Chicken Sisters is mm-hmm. just a paperback, and that's that's just yellow, you know? So, yeah, that's the covers on them. Yeah. Are that color.
1: Because okay. all mine are sleeves off, because all mine are hardback. Oh. So, yeah, I think it's fun to compare them with the sleeves on and off, because you wouldn't, like, yeah. one book is green with the sleeve on. So, right if you want to see the lovely pictures go check out the Instagram
0: yeah check us out I will update my book bingo mm-hmm. that I'm doing to include a lot yes <laughs> but, but as for now we gotta book it oh <laughs>